All right, Celtics Talk podcast. We have a special guest tonight, Tucker Boynton. Um, Tucker previously interned at Barstool and has his own podcast, Stats Over Storylines, which I recommend listening to. It's good stuff. Um, and Tucker, do you want to share a few things about yourself quickly? Yeah, sure. Uh, thanks for having me on, guys. Um, I am like like uh, like Josh said. I am uh, a podcaster a little bit myself. Just started doing some podcasting, um, but have been a Boston sports fan and sort of stat fanatic for the last decade or so. Followed everything, anything and everything to do with Boston sports. Um, I was interested in, and so. Yeah, I've since grown a bit of a Twitter following and a bit of a Twitter account uh, with some of my stats stuff. And I mostly do it for fun right now, but, you know, maybe it could, you know, become something for real. And I did uh, intern at Barstool a bit. Uh, last summer I worked there and, and did some work on their statistics pages. Um, I created and grew the Sabermetrics pages that now exist. I'm not running them anymore, but um, basically they gave me free reign to do, do what I wanted with the stats there and sort of do what I was doing for Boston on the national level, which is really cool. But yeah, I guess biggest thing to know about me is, is, you know, I love Boston sports and I'm super into the numbers behind all of it. So that's my MO pretty much. That's awesome. And so, you go to Har you go to Harvard, right? Yeah, that's correct. I'll be a junior next year. Awesome. Sam. So Tucker, you're a, you're a, you run like stats over storylines, correct? Yeah, that's correct. So I follow that and I really, I look like, um, I look at like what you guys say most of the time. Um, one thing I have to ask you is why do you choose baseball reference over fan graphs? So it, it's, it's not an either or proposition. I would say, okay, so for wins above replacement and weighted runs created and things like that, I guess it is a choice between the two. Um, the main reason that I use baseball reference, just like generally speaking, is because it's suite of um, statistical software that allows you to search through stuff okay. is something that I know well because I've done it on football reference and hockey reference. Uh, and basketball reference, and it's all very similar. I use fan graphs. I use stat muse. I use natural stat trick. If you guys know hockey, I do like, like I, I access a bunch of different resources. I'm not married to any one of them. Um, but that's certainly a good question. And, you know, it's never a bad idea to, to introduce both sides. If you're going to do, especially with stats like wins above replacement, where you do have sort of two different philosophies and two different uh, formulas for calculating that. Right, and, and the way I feel about it is, like, when I'm looking at baseball players, like, today and in the past, I see wins above replacement as probably the best – probably the best sport, uh, sports uh, statistic you can have. Like, that's my opinion on it. And, I uh, yeah, I think it's interesting the way that you look at wins above replacement and win runs created plus because you can look at – so many different things that baseball players do and you can literally look at every pitch like the angle of every pitch and yeah yeah, I, yeah that's one of my one of my favorite things about baseball stats is that they're available in such detail so far back um if 
I don't know about you or anybody who's listening that if you're interested in sort of the analytics side, one really good book that I've read recently or am in the process of reading is called Mathletics and it's by Wayne Winston. It's, I think it was published in 1999, but it explains sort of the genesis of a lot of these things um, and just the math behind it. And so for someone like me, I love that stuff. Um, I think to your point about wins above replacement, the nice thing about war is that it's uh, normalized for a year. And so it does allow sort of like cross era comparisons. Um, I also think that there are lots of really, really good era adjusted statistics um, that take into account park factor and basically the run scoring environment. Yeah, like, like weighted runs created plus. Exactly. Or even like ERA plus or OPS right. plus Agreed. all that stuff that um, I think is really interesting to look at. I had a stat about, uh, Tuka Rask a while ago because I think, for example, comparing goalies in hockey across eras is extremely difficult. You had an entire dead puck era prior to, you know, the last 10 to 15 years, which have been higher scoring because of rule changes, and you had hugely deflated numbers, right? And then you see the same thing with like the late 70s Red Sox teams, like you know, the Jim Rice and Yaz teams, like those were great hitting teams. But if you just looked at their raw statistics, you might think, you know, oh, that OPS or that batting average is not actually that impressive, which is why I think it's so important to standardize and look at for the era that you're looking at. If you're really trying to make, a, a, you know, an honest comparison between two things across era, that's so important. Agreed. Appreciate your input on that. Thank you. Yeah, for sure. All right, cool. Um, we're mainly going to talk about the NBA playoffs and the Celtics because all of us here are big Celtics fans. And Tarazi, do you want to give a quick rundown of the important dates that are coming up? I know we talked about it a little bit last time, but we didn't really dive into great detail. Yeah, for sure. So um, teams are starting to start practicing in their local, their local areas, their practice facilities on June 22nd in 11 days. Uh, players and coaches and team Personnel are required to be tested for the coronavirus. Um, then shortly there, eight days later, on the 30th of June, formal training camps can start, again, still in the team's home market. Um, and then moving into July 7th, um, all teams in the NBA are supposed to be going down to Orlando. It's kind of the travel time period um, to kind of get situated with all that. The league officially resumes on the 31st of July. Um, a little tidbit about the draft. The draft lottery is actually going to be on the 25th. Um, and then they'll drop the Celtics meet on the 15th. Um, and then for agents will begin in October. So, um, and then again, we all know the 2021, I mean, the 2021 season will start on December 1st. So there's a lot of um, kind of moving parts to all of this, um, especially we all know about the playoffs and the way that's being formulated. Um, there's a lot of moving pieces to go still for the league to really start up. All right. Thanks, Tarazi. Um so what I wanted to ask, and Tucker, you can go first. Um, we kind of discussed this a little bit the last time, but we were kind of just throwing ideas out there. But in my opinion, and I think most of us here agreed, it's most likely that the Celtics are going to play Philly in the first round. And then I guess if you just look at the brackets, uh, it's probably going to be Toronto in the second round. So if they're playing Philly and Toronto, just looking at the way the team is right now and 
match up with those teams going into the playoffs? What do you think their chances are of getting to the Eastern Conference Finals? Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> a big factor here uh, as it pertains to seeding um, is the neutral court factor, which is something that we has become particularly important uh, and the effect of being an on-home court has become really concentrated in high seeds in the NBA playoffs. Um, so high seeds are actually have about a 740 win percentage in the last 10 years um, when they're playing at home and they dip below 500 when they're not. Um, so that effect of playing at home for the higher seeds has been huge. Um, I think there's a good chance that they get to the Eastern Conference Finals. I really do think it's going to depend on, you know, what teams have been doing and what players on these teams have been doing during the break. You know, you're going to have a bunch of guys who come back and are not in great shape. Um, who that is, it's impossible to know. Um, if it turns out, you know, like Tatum and Brown have been working, you know, in some private gym somewhere and staying in extremely good shape. You saw the video of uh, Jokic came out today of him being looking extremely in shape. So I think that's like a huge wild card factor. But in, as far as matchups go, um, I don't really fear Toronto as much as I do Philly. Um, just because I feel like uh, the Celtics do tend to have a tough time with Philly and have in the past. Um, and I, I don't know. I mean, I, th I think there's a lot of variables that could go into this, but it's going to come down to, you know, how, how much of that step forward that we saw from Jason Tatum is going to be a permanent change that was really true development and not just sort of a hot period of a couple of months. Um, and how well can the other guys rounding at the bottom of the roster sort of fill that void of scoring off the bench, which has also been kind of a problem in the past this season. Right. I actually saw your tweet about that the other day um, about the home, home court or the higher seeds, whichever one it was. I saw that. I found that pretty interesting. But just to go off your points there, um, yes, yeah, so the interesting thing about Philly is that we have struggled with them a little bit this year. I think we're one in three, but we did crush them the last time uh, we played them. But everyone can talk about Embiid is going to crush us and whatever, but and obviously not having great big men is going to be a problem for us with going deep in the playoffs. And they obviously present the biggest problem like you said, between Philly and Toronto. So I think that we can limit Embiid's production down low and limit Simmons as much as we can, which I think normally we're actually pretty good at doing that, at least with Simmons. And then, like you said, Toronto, in my opinion, I agree with you. They don't really pose that big of a threat. Like, they don't, they don't scare me. And Philly and Toronto actually don't scare me that much either of them but Tarazi or Sam if you want to jump in here yeah I but it's not about the Celtics um Tucker the Red Sox just took Blaze Jordan in case you didn't know yeah I just saw that I I gotta be honest I don't know a whole lot about Blaze Jordan but I he's a beast. I'm for, yeah I've I mean I've seen some clips of him but I I'm not a big prospect guy so Tarazi go for it then yeah, I agree with um with both of your statements, Tucker and Josh. Um, I think that um, kind of like we said on the previous podcast and kind of reiterated today, um, like yeah, Toronto doesn't really scare me. Their bench um, isn't what it once was. Um, I think 
Philly obviously will scare me just because we don't usually match up too great with them. I don't know how they're going to mesh with Horford and Embiid. A um, little tidbit that came out today is that now teams are allowed to bring 17 players with them down to Orlando. It was previously thought to be 15. So that allows a guy like – I know we're all big Taco Fall fans. I mean, just an extra body we have to um, – throw at um at the Sixers and um we're Taco Taco Falls not getting any playing time in the playoffs. No, but I think it's a, I think it's an option to have because we don't really have too much size. We're all fans of him. I we think don't know we have not, we have Rob Taco that's all we need. not playing in the playoffs. I think he could if he if if in like the no, if, we got we got something foul trouble. Rob's been injured this whole time and now he's back. Is he definitely back? Dude, he's supposed to be back like in like March. Well, then that's good. I didn't know that. I didn't know his. Yeah, Taco Falls not going to be playing in the playoffs. They're going to roll with Tucker. Tucker, what do you think about the chances of Kyrie and KD coming back? I I'm. I mean, like, I don't know. I've heard all the same stuff you guys have, so uh, I think it's possible that he comes back. Um, I don't. I don't take anything for granted when it comes to him and certainly not Kevin Durant. Um, I think if they both, both do come back, they're going to be a force in the East uh, because that's the NBA runs through star power. And it's not like, you know, the NFL where you just get your two best players back at the beginning of the playoffs. And even as a low seed, be totally fine and ready to go. Um, For better or worse, basketball and the NBA operate under sort of, uh, a mechanism where it's much easier for stars to take over the game and dominate. And usually the player, the teams, uh, the team with the best player um, ends up winning the series. So I think they they would be a force to be reckoned with if they both came back, but I have no idea. Like I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kyrie has some whack theories about coming back with all this COVID stuff. Like I, I, I'm not even going to begin to venture into that and try to guess whether they're coming back or not. So we'll see what happens. But if they do both come back, they would be certainly a force in the East. Agreed. I think, uh, yeah, I think Kevin Durant said he's already said he's not coming back for sure. Um, yeah, so but who the fuck just, knows what Kevin Durant's actually thinking? He wouldn't just pop in like that, especially like after an Achilles injury, you definitely want to start slow too. and You don't want to throw him right in the playoff environment. It's, yeah, but it's, it's going to be a year plus. That's true. It's going to be extremely weird watching the playoffs with no fans. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about like that. Like, it's like a really quiet environment. Like, how does that – how does the, like, entire – I don't know. How does the game move along? Well, it's they're starting really – they're, they're talking about, like, I know in the NBA and in other sports that aren't going to have fans, they're talking about pumping in crowd noise, which obviously isn't going to be the same. Like, 2K crowd I think it would be – I think you have to do that. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely not going to be the same, clearly. And also, I, I don't know if they're allowing nobody in the stadium. I thought I saw something that said there's, like, a very – small capacity or something maybe for family members that might just be later in the playoffs but i'm not sure um yeah you have to assume that if the, if the, if the finals are in was it september or, or october in, like, october october like you gotta hope that there's fans for the finals 
we'll see. I mean, no one really knows at this point. I mean, we're kind of just hoping that basketball gets going as smoothly as possible, whether there's no fans or whatever. So we're also talking about the fact that I think that if 40 to 50 players, like they said today, are considering not going to Orlando, it just leaves such an an easy path for like LeBron James to win it with the Lakers. I feel like. Yeah, LeBron, LeBron, yeah, Ashton, I agree. Playoff LeBron with three months off is going to be fucking nasty. I really do think the Lakers are going to win it all. I agree. Unfortunately. And, yeah, I would absolutely agree with that. Yeah, like you just mentioned, I think that's – I just don't understand why those players wouldn't want to come back – wouldn't want to go play in Orlando. Like, I know there's the risk of corona for all of them, but why, would, why wouldn't you want to go play and try to win a championship after you've been sitting on your ass for, like, three months? I mean, obviously they've been working out and trying to get ready um, and stay in shape and stuff, but they got to miss basketball a little bit, you know? I don't understand that. Yeah, I agree with you, I was thinking a lot about the fact that it's going to suck for whoever whoever wins this championship. It's always going to stand out as like, oh, they didn't win like, you know, your orthodox, like normal championship. You know, they won like the Corona championship when they played with no fans and only played half the season and were all rested up, et cetera. Yeah, but I think – I feel like yeah, every <laughs> every season has its own like factors, right? Like if you were – whether it's an orthodox traditional championship or not, they, the team that wins is going to have been the best team under the circumstances, you know? So I, I don't sure. necessarily – like, I, I think it's silly to be like, you know, this championship counts for less because every season has yeah. different factors. And, and if you want to go cross sport, you know, there are all sorts of different things that affect different seasons with weather and humidity and, you know – certain breaks and time off and how many players you have in the all-star game and whether there's an Olympic break and obviously not now, but in the past. And so all of that I see as just sort of like part of the the season being played out, you know? That's true. That's really true. Yeah. I just, I understand what you meant by that Ashton though, because there definitely will be some sort of asterisk next to it and like if LeBron wins they'll say oh he just because of this and that and that's exactly like that. what I was thinking about like, he was all rested up and I, I personally don't think that it should be treated that way just like just like Tucker said but at the same time I just feel like it's going to be thrown at him because there are a lot of haters out there right yeah but LeBron like to be fair LeBron's always dominated the playoffs like it's also going to be a different year for that You'd hope, dude. I wonder. I mean, AD too. Like, goddamn. Yeah, I mean, I, that's something. Like, yeah. AD, like, someone I who really like got an injured in those last forty games. I feel like you, you know, can't give LeBron James two months off and then have him go into the playoffs. Like that's that's definitely absurd. not. By the Eastern Conference Finals, and like they're not going to even himself him out. He's going to be like they already don't. But there will literally be like maybe sixty seconds of the game he's on the bench because yeah. he's full tank right now. And like you know, unlike someone like I don't know Jason Tatum or even you know 
level up to like Paul George, like those guys with time off, like you never know like when they're going to be hot or not, but like you can always know, even if LeBron sits up for three months, you know exactly what to expect from him. And with that much rest, like it's going to be dangerous. Tucker, I'm interested to hear what you think is going to happen with the MLB. Um, Tucker actually just left. He had something else he had to attend to, but oh, he had to leave. Okay. I'm going to say thanks to him. Let's do the Mount Rushmore. That was yeah. Um, on tonight. Yeah. Um, it was awesome having him on here. Um, all right. Yeah, so that's cool. I have a couple. I have another question I wanted to pose just for you guys now. Um, so obviously, we talked about Tatum and Brown earlier, but. I, I wanted to ask who's going to have to step up on the Celtics if they're going to make a finals run. Like, uh, obviously, yeah. Tatum, but who's Tatum. Gordon. Gordon. Okay. So, Gordon. I, I, think, I think, I mean, I think it's two factors. It also depends, like, you know, even, even though Kevin doesn't have that much playoff experience, he's a vet, and you know exactly what you're going to get from him. Right. Um, but at the same time, like, you know, as, you know, Tucker was saying, like, you never know from Tatum, like, was it a hot streak? Like, doesn't, you know, you see him, who knows if he's even been in the gym over this break. Like, you want to see, like, what he's doing. I mean, Jalen Brown and Gordon Hayward also have to step up. And most of all, we've had multiple games where our bench is literally scoring, not uh, like, six points, which is like six points out of an entire bench. Like, that's embarrassing. Yeah. When I... we have games, when we, last thing, when we have games, like, you Girls, know. you got to speak when, up. I know, I'm, I'm almost done. When we that had games like we did against, like, that – when we had that Nets game where everyone got injured or fouled out, whatever, and then we let Karis LeVert drop 41 on us and they just came back and won out of nowhere, like, that's ridiculous. Our bench should never let that happen. Yeah, I, I agree with Ashton. I think the whole bench thing has obviously been a problem with the Celtics for a very long time. We haven't had a huge bench score in a very long time. But going back to the main question, I agree with you. Definitely Gordon Hayward has to step up in the playoffs. Obviously, we've kind of seen limited time from him in the playoffs, as crazy as that sounds, how long he's been here. But, yeah, definitely Gordon Hayward. I, I think Tatum's going to be able to bring in. I think we know what we're going to get from Kemba. I'd really like to see Thice kind of – he had a really good stretch there kind of before this thing kind of tailwind out. Um, I think Thice, if he can just be consistent, like he doesn't need to drop 10 points or 20 points. He just needs to get rebounds and – be a body in the paint. I think if Dice can stay somewhat usable in, in, the, in the game and throughout the minutes, because I, I have trust in Canner to at least be able to get a rebound when Dice isn't out there. Um, I think if Dice can just stay consistent and just do his job, I think he could be a really big part if we make a run. He's not going to be dominating the stat sheet, but he could re if he's solid, we could have, I think he's a, he's a key to the success. Yeah, so that was kind of what I meant by that question. I meant, like, X factors. Like, we know Tatum, Kemba, Jalen Brown. I mean, like, other than those guys, guys that need to step up, talk about Gordon all the time. Like, he needs to be – he needs to be good. Let's just – let's just be straight about this. Like, he needs to be good like he was the first – whatever it was, 15 games before he broke his hand. And like Tarazi said, the big guys can be X factors. Like, Tice, if he can play well, can be very solid. Cantor could always come off the bench any night and have a double-double. And Robert Williams, block party. We know what he can bring off the bench when he comes in. And obviously, Smart is the spark plug. So, if he's on his game defensively, we always have a chance. So, 
just that group of guys, like those five guys I just mentioned are going to be huge. Like if they don't, if we don't get any production out of them, it's over. Like even if, even if Tatum against the Bucks, even if Tatum and Kemba are playing really well, which this season, I would say that both of them haven't played uh, at their best at the same time, which is mainly, which is mainly because they've been hurt at times, but We'll see what happens. Those two guys obviously need to be really good. So, um, I think Kemba's we'll kind of lax this year, this season. What'd you say, Ashton? What, Harry? I def- I think that Kemba's lacked a little bit this season. Oh yeah, I don't think anyone's denying that Kemba hasn't necessarily performed to his max contract contract, but. I think the fact that is he's in a new system. I mean, he's not what he is age-wise. He's old. I think was he 29 now, 28, somewhere in there. Um, yeah. He's definitely had games he has. He's been a ghost. There's been games that he's played very well. But I think this is a big, especially this playoffs. I know the circumstances, you can't be too hard or too hard on players. But, like, this is why Kemba came to Boston. He wanted to play in the playoffs. He's a good player. He's been an all-star in Charlotte. And he's hidden there because how poorly the team is run how poorly they draft, and the fact that they didn't ever surround him with really anyone. And I think he he left money on the table, again, like Gordon Hayward, to come to Boston um, to, to win something. I think he wants something to prove, that he's kind of been out of the limelight since he left the UConn. He's in a very small market in a team that's never been to the playoffs. And um, with him there, I should say, maybe he made it once. I think they got knocked out when they were the Bobcats, I think. Um, but I think he wants to be in Boston. He stepped up for the the limelight of playing in the playoffs. Like he wants to win in Boston. It's that simple. He didn't yeah, come yeah. here. I know he does. But how much playoff experience does he have? He is none. Not much. None. He hasn't been given the opportunity to get a lot of playoff experience in Charlotte. I think if given the amount of playoff experience that like any normal superstar or any decent player would have, I think he'd he'd prove himself on the biggest stage possible. And he'd show that he is way more than what people think he is. I mean, like Charles, you was saying, he was hit in Charlotte. And I think I've emphasized this point before. If he was, if he had been given the pieces around him that were necessary, he'd, he'd prove himself on the biggest stage possible. I think he's going to be just an absolute animal. I, I can't wait to see him in the playoffs. I can't wait to see him in playoffs and, and beyond, honestly. Yeah. So that's a good point, Marshall. And actually, I mean, although we haven't seen him in the in the playoffs in the NBA, and it was I know it was a while ago, and it's a small sample size, but we saw what he did what he did at UConn on the biggest stage in college basketball. So mm-hmm. we know he can do it. And like Tarazi said, like this is why Kemba and Gordon came to Boston uh, to play in the playoffs, to have a chance at winning a championship. And we know how hard. Uh, us Boston sports fans are on the teams about how they do in the playoffs and it's it almost feels like I mean we know the Celtics probably aren't going to win a championship this year but that's the standard for most sports at least if you get in the playoffs the standard is that you at least compete for a championship and if you don't get there come pretty damn close so this is why these guys came to Boston like Tarazi said to play in the playoffs, to have a chance at winning a championship, and here they are. So let's see if they can do it. Um, unless anyone else has anything to add, I think we're going to move on to the Mount Rushmore. Yeah, um, I have one thing to it. add. Or Sam, yeah, go ahead. Um, 
I don't think it's fair to compare our teams to the teams that LeBron has built. Like, LeBron has built dynasties. And his, his Lakers team is simply nasty. I don't think any of us – none of us said anything about comparing them to the Lakers or LeBron or anything. Yeah, maybe, maybe comparing it was the wrong word. But I don't think it's fair to bring that up. I, don't, I just think, like, if we beat LeBron this year, it's going to be, like, one of the best wins. Maybe, maybe the best finals win ever. I don't think – and I mean, I personally don't think we can beat the Lakers, but that's just me. I don't think – I mean, no one's – I don't think anyone's arguing the Celtics are a better team than the Lakers. Like, yeah, anything can happen, but like – I think we stand a better matchup against the Lakers than we do against the Clippers, in my opinion. Uh, I No. The thing about that's – No. I, I don't think that's true, but at the same time – No, it's, it's not true. The only thing that's encouraging is that we played well against both of them this year. Like, I think yeah, we're going to play hard for sure. Here's the thing. They're, here's the thing. I, I really don't expect it for, like, Kawhi and Paul George to have dominant games every time. But you can bet your ass that AD or LeBron, one of them will tear our ass apart. Yeah, yeah, that's game. how I feel. There's no chance that the Clippers are better than – they're better than the Lakers. I think that's going to be a very good series, though. The Lakers are the best team in the league. I really think the Clippers could give them a fight. I just say us personally. I think the Clippers match up with them pretty well, but us against the Lakers, we're going to get fucked in the paint. LeBron and LeBron and AD are going to fucking pound the paint. Yeah, I mean, I'd rather play the Lake, or the Clippers in the finals the Lakers. Me too. I don't want to play fucking LeBron in the finals while he's pissed off and trying to win his fourth chip. Yeah, I agree. Um, all right, let's move on to the Mount Rushmore. We're going to do soda tonight. I have an order ready. I'm going to, I'm going to write down the picks. So we got Tarazi, Ashton, myself, Sam, and then Marshall. Okay. Um, the first pick, I'm taking Dr. Pepper. Dude, I'll take Sprite. Um, I'm just going to go Coke. Some say Pepsi. Is it me? Yes, yeah. um, Pepsi. <laughs> Actually, no. Can I take that back? No. Marshall. Oof. Root beer. What kind? Yeah, what root beer? What root beer? Uh, oh, Barks. Barks. Okay. And then you're on the wrap, too. Um, uh, someone say Sprite? Yeah. Shit. Um, let me go Mountain Dew. Okay, Sam. Mr. Pibb. Damn it, that's a good one. Mr. Pibb. <laughs> that's a pretty good pick. That is a good no, I know what it is. Isn't it Pibb Extra? Isn't that what it's called? Yeah, but it's Mr. Pibb is what it's called. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go Fanta. Which one? Orange or grape? 
orange soda. We're not messing around with grape soda mm -hmm. shit here. Can I go with cherry cola? Yeah, that's Actually, fine. I'm gonna go cream soda. Cream soda. Man. Um, I'll take ginger ale, I guess, and then. That is awful. That is hideous. On the wrap, I'll take. Um, what do you take? What do you take? Ginger ale. Ginger ale. So we'll say, we'll say Canada Dry, I guess. Um, on the wrap, I'll take. Oh God. Um. Fresca. Oh my God. That's a good pick, Tarazi. I respect Fresca's it. Good pick. Fresca's, Fresca's good. I don't know why I laughed. Ashton. Fresca's kind of ass cheese. Um, hold on. I need a second. I need to find a good soda. Dude, God damn it. I'm going to go with. Uh, cherry, cherry cola. So, Cherry Coke, can I say that? Like Cherry Coke, yeah, Cherry right. Coke. I'm going to go A&W Root Beer. Did Sam. someone say cream soda already? It, yeah. Sam's up. Damn it, Josh, I was going to say that. Um, I'll take Cherry Vanilla Coca-Cola. What the... Dude, that that that's good. That exists. No, I know it exists, but Marshall. Did someone say cream soda already? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he already uh, has that. Bro, cream cream soda was good when I was like seven. <laughs> Still good. Yeah. Let me get a crush 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 watermelon. Wow, that is way out there. I'll give it to you though, obviously. Yeah. Uh, you're up again. Uh, did someone say crush orange? No. Nope. Uh, yeah. Crush orange. No, I Josh said Fanta. I said Fanta, so it doesn't. Uh, okay. All right, Sam. Uh, Coca Cola vanilla. Dr Pepper cherry vanilla. <laughs> Are we fucking serious right now? Like, dude, come on. Come on, that's a great fucking flavor. There's still a lot of sodas out there, though. I'm going to go 7-Up. That's horrible. How is that horrible? That's a really good soda. How is 7-Up better than, than Dr. Pepper Cherry Vanilla? Because you already picked Cherry that's Vanilla, a, and I picked Cherry. That, 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 those aren't, like, mainstream flavors. I could say, like, I could pick something. Yeah, but the whole salad. time... None, none of these are mainstream flavors. I could say orange creamsicle, like Coke or something, and that would count. Yeah, should have, should have done that. All right, uh, Ashton's up. Uh, I'm gonna take Diet Pepsi. No, I'm just kidding. I'm gonna take uh, Japanese soda. Japanese soda is gas. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, it's a good pick. It's actually kind of a sick pick. I'm not even gonna lie. All right, Thank you. Before you go, Baby Ruth sodas off the board. I'll take. Uh, yeah, baby. Here we go, Baby Ruth, baby. I'll take a uh, Baby Ruth, Baby Ruth, and Jolly yeah. Ranchers. Grape soda. Oh, uh, nougat. What kind of? You said grape soda. Yeah. All right. Draws you show your mustache and make your pick. I did. I said grape soda. That is awful. <laughs> oh my God. 
<laughs> that might be the worst question anyone. That was my. That was like my. That was like. That was like my next choice. Grape soda in the fourth round is a steal. Grape soda fucking sucks. Grape soda. That, that might be a, That might not even be a soda. To Grape run. soda is so good. <laughs> uh, I'm taking Sam. Thanks, Zacharias. God, I don't know. I'm, I'm taking Josh. Damn, no one said orange dry? Oh, God. That's such an orange dry is fucking Sam gas. Really green, no. Sam Rollins. Damn, I don't know who I'm picking here. I might go Tarazi. Well, you won anyway. I did? Yeah, let's go. Yeah. Oh shit. Hold on. All right. Well, that was good. I mean, whoever I voted for me, I appreciate it. I won. Tarazi. Fuck you, Tarazi. Everybody got a vote though, which which is cool. I mean, we all had like okay Mount Rushmore, but I'll take the dub on that one. Um, I think that's all we got for tonight, boys. So, uh, good shit tonight. Good talk, boys. Glad to have Tucker come one. on the show. Yeah, that was fun. And again, thanks thanks to Tucker for coming on, and uh, I'll see you guys next time.